turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 28. <clears throat> Acts chapter number 28. And uh, this year has been, uh, I have enjoyed just so much about this year. And God has been very good to us with our uh, theme of action. And it has certainly been a year of action. And uh, thinking back on this year, uh, we little did we know all that God would do. And, but it has been exciting to see what God has done and looking forward to next year. Uh, but we've been in the book of Acts uh, on Sunday mornings and Sunday night. And uh, now as we're winding down to the end of the year, we're coming to the conclusion of uh, this year-long uh, journey through the book of Acts. I want to bring our attention to the end of chapter number 28. And Lord willing, tonight I'll be preaching from the book of Acts uh, as well. Uh, but I want to bring you to the end of Acts chapter number 28. Uh, we know that Paul it, has made it to Rome, which has been his goal, his desire. Uh, he has made it to Rome, and now we come to the end of the chapter, chapter num uh, verse number 28 of chapter number 28. And the Bible says, Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. When he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reason among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. We find a conclusion of not just this chapter, but this book. Uh, we find, we've seen many things about the Apostle Paul. We've learned many things about <clears throat> the need and the, the, the means that God has gone through to get the gospel uh, to those that uh, so desperately need it. Uh, but this morning, I want to take this passage of Scripture, and I want us to begin in verse 28, uh, but we'll, be, we'll refer to uh, all, the, all four verses this morning. Be it known, therefore, unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. I want to preach this morning... On a message with this title, This Salvation. This Salvation. I want us to see some things that the scripture reminds us about <clears throat> this salvation. Uh, this morning, I am saved. I am secure. I'm on my way to heaven. How about you? Uh, that is not any salvation. If you're saved this morning, you know what I'm talking about when I say the words this salvation. So it's, it's, it's a life changing salvation. It's a life-altering, eternity-altering salvation. I want to speak on that subject this morning, this salvation. Father, I pray uh, that you'll be with uh, the time we have remaining. I pray that you'll uh, be with the message this morning. I pray that you'll work through me. I pray the Holy Spirit of God would use me to be a mouthpiece to uh, what the Scripture uh, has for us this morning. I pray that if there's one here who is unsaved, may they realize their need of the Lord Jesus this morning. For those who have already called on the name of the Lord, may we be reminded of what our salvation means. May we be reminded of how precious it is, how valuable it is. And Father, may you uh, encourage us to uh, not only have a greater uh, thankfulness for it, but to share it in a greater way. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, one thing that we have seen about the Apostle Paul is that Paul never got over being saved. He never forgot what he was, and he never forgot what he got in his salvation. Uh, salvation was very important to him. 
uh, other, that others might know of salvation uh, was his life's mission. It's why he went through the means that he went through to get to Rome. Because he knew that there were some, that uh, many that the, the Lord wanted to hear of that salvation. I think as I look at this passage of Scripture, there's several phrases and words that we'll look at this morning. That, but one jumps out at me in verse number 28. He says, Be it known therefore unto you. Well, yeah, you ought to underline or, <coughs> or highlight that phrase, be it known. <coughs> I'm so glad, <coughs> excuse me, that this salvation that we have, I'm glad that God wanted to be a known salvation. He said, be it known. See, Paul did not endure what he endured to keep that salvation a secret. Paul did not battle what he battled so that that salvation might be a secret. God ordained so many things in the life of Paul and in the life of others to to get him to this point so he could say, be it known therefore to you. Everybody needs to know about the salvation of God. I'm glad it is a known salvation. A few points by way of introduction this morning. Let me just just make a very simple statement that we could all agree with, and that is God wants everyone to know. Well, salvation is a wonderful thing, isn't it? It is, it is a magnificent thing. You know, let, me, let me say that again. Salvation is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Uh, it? But you know what? What good would salvation do if we didn't know about it? I'm glad that God made it known. I'm glad I can say this morning as somebody who is saved and on their way to heaven, I'm glad that I, with confidence as a preacher this morning I can stand and I can say to anybody who would hear, God wants you to know that salvation is available and there is a salvation that you can have. God wants everyone to know about His salvation. I can also say with simplicity this morning, Salvation is for all. Aren't you glad that salvation is for everyone? It doesn't matter the race. It doesn't matter the background. It doesn't matter the nationality. It doesn't matter the social status. It doesn't matter the IQ. It doesn't matter your standing, uh, however it may be. It doesn't matter uh, what, what what your background is. Salvation is for all. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Aren't you thankful this morning uh, that salvation is for anybody who would have it? Uh, Salvation is for all who would trust Christ. As a matter of fact, anyone who dies without salvation, dies without Christ, uh, perishes out of the will of God. God wants all men to be saved. You say, Pastor, how can you say that with such confidence? Well, why in the world would God want a salvation to be known that was not for everyone? Oh, what a cruel God. What an unloving God to say there's a salvation available, but it's not for everyone. 
And friend, this morning, the reason why God ordained the Apostle Paul to get the gospel to the Gentiles, the reason why since, the, since this period of time it has been passed down from faithful man to faithful man, the reason why his last words to his disciples was to go into all the world and preach the gospel, be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost was because he wanted everybody to know that there was a salvation that was available to all men. I can stand with great confidence this morning. I could turn you to other passages of Scripture and it would verify what I have already stated that salvation is for everyone. Salvation is for all. But I can take a very simple and practical exp explanation this morning why in the world would God want it to be known if it wasn't for everybody who He wanted to hear it. It certainly sounds like a salvation is for everybody that was in Jerusalem. It certainly sounds like salvation was for everybody that was in Judea, as we read in verse, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It sounds like to me, Jesus said, go tell everybody in Samaria about salvation because it's for everyone in Samaria. And then Jesus just covered the whole planet. He said, then you take it to the uttermost parts of the world. Why in the world would he go through so much length? Why would, would he have he, those he commissioned to go through so many battles? Why in the world, friend, would Satan fight the church of God with everything that the forces of hell has if salvation was not for everyone? I can say very, very simply this morning, be it known, therefore, unto you, God wants everyone to know, salvation is for all. Not only did God want everyone to know, and not only do we know salvation is for all, but we have seen from the life of Paul, we've seen for our text this morning, that Paul wanted everyone to know. Paul had reached a surrender to the Lord that was different, I would say, than the average person's surrender. I believe because we do have some compassion in our heart, and I believe this morning because we understand what salvation has done for us, I believe I could just throw a blanket statement out and say, we all want the world to hear of this salvation. But it is a different surrender to God for you to beg God for the souls of the very men who are persecuting you. It, it's a completely different surrender and understanding of, of what, what heaven and hell really means to those who would reject you, those who would persecute you, those who would mock you, those who would beat you, for you to beg for their souls and for you to go to whatever links necessary so that they might get the gospel. Friend, that truly is Christ-like. Because we know that when Jesus was mocked and when He was beaten, when He was crucified... Oh, he went through all of that. He endured all of that because the very, so the very ones who were mocking him, the very ones who were beating him, could have salvation. But Paul wanted everyone to know. Will you 
Paul never got over his conversion. I remind you what Paul, I certainly didn't need reminded of himself, was the fact that he was a murderer. He persecuted Christians. When you think back in weeks past in in, in, in different messages, uh, the Scripture has shown us how Paul could testify and say, I did to others exactly what you're doing to me. Paul knew the other side of that. He knew what it was to persecute. He knew what it was to have the anger and the hate and the vile nature to, to destroy. That would just simply believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. See, he knew the power of his conversion. He knew how wicked he was, and he saw how salvation, he saw how meeting Christ on that road to Damascus changed him when religion could not change him. It changed him when nothing else could change him. And he met the Lord Jesus Christ, and he understood the power of his salvation. You know what would, would help a lot of Baptist churches this morning? If they got a glimpse of the power of the converting power of salvation. Oh, when we ask the question, how many of you know for sure if you die today, you go to heaven? We'll shoot that hand straight up and we ought to be thankful we can say that. But don't forget the power of God that was in that salvation that would take your eternal soul and in that moment, it would change it from vile and hopeless and wicked and in the sight of God, it would be sanctified and set apart and secure under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Paul understood only the power above anything man could do could convert him from a lost man to a saved man. He had never got over and he understood the power of his salvation. See, I grew up in church. I'm a preacher's kid. From the time I was born, I was in church. I was saved when I was four years of age. Called to preach when I was six. The worst thing I did was conspire in the nursery to get an extra cookie. At least that's what I'm telling you. Some of you would have a similar testimony to me. Some of you, your testimony will be similar to Paul's. But can I tell you this morning, it took the same amount of power to save somebody who grew up in a church nursery as it did to save the Apostle Paul. Because see, friend, one sin in the sight of God will send an eternal soul to hell. God cannot allow and accept any sin, no matter how small we like to label it, no matter how little we like to say it is, one sin will damn a soul to hell for all of eternity because we cannot bring forth that sin in the sight of a holy and a righteous God. It took the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of His resurrection to save any sinner. And Paul never got over that. Well, he knew the power of it. He knew the value of it. You realize how valuable your salvation is? I think we forget sometimes. Well, let me remind you in a couple of ways how valuable your salvation is. We do realize that we're all getting older. Some of you quicker than others, but we are all getting older. 
I, I believe this. The older you get as a child of God, you get a greater glimpse of eternity. You get a greater glimpse of what eternal life really means. All of us, if not all of us, most of us can testify that we stood by a graveside of a loved one and the time had gone too quickly and that time of death came too suddenly. But, but, and we stand by that grave, but we know with that eternal hope that because they were saved and because of their salvation, they are not in a grave, they are not in some place of purgatory, they are in the presence of our Savior. And because of the salvation that I have experienced, I know the value of it. I know that one day, that when, when my, my last breath is taken on this side of eternity. I'll enter into the presence of the Lord. I don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear the end. I don't have to fear the calamity because I know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Well, there's value in that, friend. There's value. I want to make the most of my days. That's why we're told to redeem the time. That's why we're told to, 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 to treasure the talents that God has given us and not bury them, but to use them for His honor and His glory. But I know the value you as best as I can of eternity and eternal life and a place of no pain of no sorrow and our loved ones who have gone on before us who have placed their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ they're waiting for us and there's value in that reunion don't forget the value of your conversion of your salvation why are there depressed Christians why are they depressed? Well, I'm saying, if I can just get through it. Friend, if we don't get through it, there's a greater reward. The value of our salvation. So I just don't feel like I'm worth anything. What kind of a price could you place on the saving blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? You could take all the wealth this world has ever seen through the centuries and it could not equal the value of one drop of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus. And child of God, you really want to ask the question, does God care? Has God forsaken me? Friend, Paul, Paul never got over the value of his conversion. Not only is there value in our eternity, is there value in that heavenly mansion that the Lord Jesus is constructing for us. Not only is there value in eternal life, there is value in our salvation because we are saved, we can overcome. I get a little, and I don't even know if I'll get to my official outline this morning, but I get a little weary of Christians using excuses in their life of why they can't overcome. If you're saved this morning, there's nothing that you cannot overcome with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing. How can somebody... 
uh, who was who 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 was who was who's lived in the gutter and and lived in that kind of society and it has done just about everything the world would throw out there. How in a moment can they change from that? And yes, they may still have to battle some desires, but how do they get over that when so many can't? Because they become a child of God and they can overcome through the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was a murderer. Paul was vile. Paul was full of hate and anger. He didn't need a 10-step program. He didn't need to join all of these different organizations. He met Jesus, and he was saved, and he was able to overcome through the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul understood the value of his salvation. Paul also knew the availability of it. You think anybody ever got very far with Paul when he began preaching the gospel to them? And they began to say, well, you don't know what I've done. You think they got very far with Paul? Oh, no. Because Paul could just say, let me remind you what I've done. He knew the availability of it. If it was available for him, because in the sight of Paul, and from a man's perspective, if there was anybody... God should have, would have cast into hell. It was the very one causing chaos in those early churches. But, Paul, but God saved him. He knew the availability of it. The value. We, we see the, he knew the power of it. He knew the availability. Why would we not want that salvation to be known? Let me give you very quickly with the hour and a half I have left in time. Some observations about this salvation from our text this morning. Let me first of all say that this known salvation, this salvation is of God. We see in verse 28, Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles. It's important for you and I to be reminded that the reminded the source of our salvation. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. There's so much in that verse. In our mind, if, if you're like me, my mind immediately goes to the part where Jesus was, with the love of God was shown in Jesus and what He did on Calvary. But let us not lose sight of the very first part of that verse, for God so loved that He sent, that He gave His only begotten Son. Salvation is of God. God is a holy God. God is a righteous God. In the pages of Scripture, there is documentation of how God deals in a holy and a righteous manner, and He will judge. But don't tell me that He is not a loving God when He is the source of our salvation. You see, Pastor, why do you make that point this morning? It is, it's as simple as this. The source matters. If the source of salvation doesn't have the power to save. It is not salvation at all. Friend, this one point will help you appreciate your salvation more, but it will help you in witnessing to someone else. If the source does not have the power to save, 
then it's not salvation they're offering. If, if you're like me, you've encountered somebody through the course of your life that they are depending on the church for salvation. That is the source. Well, well how do, what are you depending on? Well, I've always gone to church or I've always done what the church says. I'm depending on the church. Friend, that, that, that's, a, that's the source that doesn't have the power to save anyone. Doesn't have the power to secure anyone's soul. It matters the source. Boy, how sad for someone to say, I'm depending on myself. I'm, I, I, I live a pretty good life. Well, if we break that down, it's probably not going to sound as good as you, you want to make it sound. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to do enough good works to get me to where I want to be. I often tell me, say, well, I just don't know if I have enough faith just to put it all in what Jesus did, put it all in what the Scripture says. I feel like I have to work somehow to it. I want to turn that around and say, you've got greater faith than me because I wouldn't depend on you for salvation. I wouldn't depend on any man. See, the source matters. This will help some of you not doubt your salvation. Because where is that salvation from? It's from God. And if you follow God's plan of salvation, you accept His free gift by faith. Oh, you can put all the hope and all the confidence in the world. Why? Because there's a, the source of salvation is more than able to save. The source of salvation is more than able to keep you. See, to say, well, I think I can lose my salvation is not to cast a doubt on you. It's to cast a doubt on the source of salvation. And it's saying, God, you can't keep me saved. You can't, you're not enough to secure me, friend. This morning, this known salvation that we're speaking of this morning, it's a wonderful salvation. It's a powerful salvation. But it is such because it is of God. Friend, no church can save anyone. No man can save anyone. That's why you must accept the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we must continue to point men to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to understand that this salvation is of God. Secondly, this morning, this salvation is through Jesus Christ. Verse 31, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. The source is of God. But it, this, this salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot get to heaven without the Lord Jesus. You cannot find salvation without Jesus Christ. You can't, well, there's a lot of ways to get to heaven. That seems to be a politically correct thing that's even creeped its way into some churches. No, friend, there's not a lot of ways to heaven. You've got that backwards. There's a lot of roads to hell, but there's only one way to heaven, and it is the Lord Jesus Christ. Man doesn't like to hear that today because if you're lost in your sins, you can't depend on yourself. You can't depend on a church. You can't depend on, on, on a system of beliefs. It is only through the Lord Jesus Christ. John 14, 6. 
Jesus reminds us, he says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man except this sincere man. No man except the religious man. No, that's not what he said. He said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're saved this morning, you didn't get saved without Him. You couldn't get saved without Him. You can't get saved without the applied blood, the, the applied sacrifice. I remind you again in John 3.16 that He gave His life for you and I, the finished work. The gospel that Romans 1.16 speaks of, the gospel, that finished work of Calvary, what Jesus did, the death, the burial, the resurrection, salvation is through Him. That's why a child with just a little faith can know what, be told what Jesus did for them. And that you don't have to convince a child they're a sinner. It's amazing. You can live 40 years longer, and all of a sudden, you don't sin in those 40 years. But you take a mind of a child, and they can, you don't have to remind them, you don't have to convince them at all. They're a sinner. They know what they've done, and there's a punishment for that sin. And you're going to have to spend an eternity paying for your sin in hell. But. The Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for your sins. And three days later, He rose from the dead. He paid for all of your sins. He conquered death and hell. And you don't have to go to hell for your sins. You just have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's no wonder that, some, that as we get older and we're, we've not yet trusted Christ, it takes more of us to have that childlike faith to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is through Him. If you were, if you, when you got saved, you did not see the greatness of a church. You didn't see your own goodness. As a matter of fact, you saw your lack of goodness. But what you did see is a Savior who loved you and for some reason would die for you. And pay for your sins. All I got to do is put my faith in Him. And, and while you're being told that message, whether somebody one-on-one is opening the Word of God with you, you're reading a gospel track, or is in a service similar to this, and you heard that message, and you wonder, you wonder why you felt the way you felt. But little did you know, the Holy Spirit of God was squeezing that heart. The Holy Spirit of God was weighed on you in conviction and said, that's the truth, you better accept Him. He died for you. And, and we, wherever it was where you put your faith, it may have been before you even got out of the seat and came down and somebody showed you through the scripture, but you said, I believe in what Jesus did. Friend, you and I, this is a salvation that needs to be known. This salvation, what salvation are you talking about? Are you talking about a Catholic salvation? Are you talking about a Muslim salvation? Are you talking about a Baptist salvation? No, friend, I'm talking about the only salvation. This salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, through His finished work, this salvation... Thirdly, let me say, this salvation is a choice. Verse 28 again, Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. When he said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. Paul made very clear that 
this known salvation of God sending, being sent to the Gentiles and that they will hear it. Thus reminding us God's chosen people had rejected it. So this salvation, you cannot be born into it. You cannot inherit it. It's a choice. There's two sides of that coin. Aren't you thankful that you didn't have to be born into a certain family to receive Christ as your Savior? Aren't you thankful that all you had to do was with your whole heart believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Boy, it's wonderful to know that you could choose salvation. Well, the other side of that coin, friend, is we can't pass it down to our children. We can't pass it down to our grandchildren. It's not going to rub off on a co-worker or a cousin or a nephew or a niece. It's a choice. And friend, it doesn't matter. Uh, the other side of that coin, you can grow up in a pagan home and still, and still trust Christ as your Savior, but you can grow up in a home where mom and dad are saved and you have a lineage of what God has done in your life and you can die and go to hell after sitting on church pew week after week after week because it is a personal choice, something that must be chosen. If you're saved this morning, it's because you chose to believe. You say, Pastor, why, why did you bring this up? And we need to be reminded that it is a choice, and we ought to thank God that we, we were able to have the choice to choose salvation. We got to be reminded not just to assume that everybody around us is saved. It is a personal choice. And, friend, if you're saved, that doesn't mean everybody around you is, and you need to be reminded of that. It's a choice. That's why we're just instructed to tell. See, I'm teaching this on Wednesday nights, and not to rehash a lot of things, but all these false teachings and all these false churches, it's designed to get you hooked into a church and hooked into a system of beliefs and hooked on a personality and hooked on your flesh. And let's just be religious. No, friend, that they say, if you just get involved, you'll figure it out. It's a choice. You must choose salvation. You must choose the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a choice. We had the choice, but let's be reminded the others, it's their choice. They must be presented with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hasten and I close with number four. Verse 31. We see in verse 30. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house. And received that all came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. The fourth truth I'll bring out about our, this, this salvation is this this salvation needs faithful witnesses. Paul had completed his journey by getting to Rome, but he had not completed his mission. He had completed the struggle to get to this place, but the task was just beginning. 
Notice in these two verses, the Scripture tells us for two whole years, he at least had the freedom and the liberty to live in his own hired house. He rented a house and anybody who could come in to see him, what was the point of conversation? He received them first of all. He was willing to speak to anybody who would speak to him. Do you see that? And received all that came in unto him. The Apostle Paul, if nothing else, had a reputation. And if somebody was going to go speak to the Apostle Paul, what do you think the topic of the conversation was going to be? And everybody that wanted to talk about Jesus, he took time to talk to them. Friend, what an example and what a reminder for you and I that we need to, just as he would receive all, we need to be of a mindset to tell all. And I'm sure his body was weary at this time, and I'm sure his body bore the marks of beatings and shipwrecks and persecutions, but yet he was still focused on being that witness for God. That salvation that he was reminded was so great. That salvation that he was reminded was so powerful. That salvation that he was reminded was so valuable and so available. He wanted all men to know it. Anybody who would come in and talk to him about it, he'd talk to him about the Lord Jesus. Boy, what a, what a standard that was set. Frank, can you and I say that anybody that wants to talk about the Lord Jesus, we'll be glad to talk to him about it. Matter of fact, we'll start the conversation with him about it. We need faithful. If this salvation is so valuable, and it is, and God wants it to be known, and he does, should we not have the same fervency and the same heart to, 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 to want it to be known because of what is done in our own life, because what we've seen it done, be done in our family because of salvation. Paul was faithful to receive anybody and talk to them about the Lord Jesus. What did he do? He preached it. Verse 31, preaching the kingdom of God. Teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us for two years in that house, that's all he did. That's all he did. He was faithful. Faithful. To make it known. Well, Paul certainly has set a standard for you and I, hasn't he? Friend, it's one thing to rejoice in our salvation, and we should rejoice. And to be reminded of how powerful and valuable our salvation is. It's a completely another thing to open our home for two years and talk to anybody that would listen to the preaching and the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you would, you would think that if we realized how valuable it was, we'd see the importance of making it known to somebody else. Several in this room could testify. You've seen what the horrible disease of cancer that if not done in your own body, has done to somebody that you love. If there was a cure for that disease, 
you'd tell everybody you could. Because you stood by the grave of the loved one that cancer took. You've watched the suffering of somebody you love with that horrible disease. And your mindset would not be, well, let me have this cure and give it to my loved one so that they would never have to experience that. What you have witnessed and experienced for yourself, you know is so horrible that no man should have to go through that. Your worst enemies shouldn't have to experience that. Watching what that horrible disease does, you would find it in yourself to do whatever was necessary to get the word out that you don't have to go through that. You don't have to experience that. You don't have to be lost because of that. But yet we've got something so much more valuable than a cure, even though it's a horrible disease. Friend, we need to be reminded what the rich man, how he felt in Luke chapter 15 and get a glimpse of hell again and be reminded of how horrible it is and how they need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. This known salvation that's so vibrant, it's so powerful, it saves some of you from the most wicked of lifestyle that a man or a woman could live. The sin, that, 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 that one sin, if we had created one sin, that sends us to hell, but God in His power, what a valuable salvation. How valuable is it? What a peace comes. We don't like to bury a loved one. We don't like to, to say goodbye on this side, but the peace that comes from the Holy Spirit of God, that blessed hope of knowing that they were saved, and because of our salvation, there's value in eternity. There's value in that place called heaven, and we will be reunited with them. But does it not break our heart that those that are lost without Christ stand by a graveside and not knowing what the future holds? And they don't know about tomorrow, and they don't know what the future is going to endure, but they know there's something missing. It's so valuable to comfort us. We gotta be faithful. We gotta be faithful. Some of you are gonna see loved ones in the next few days that you see one time a year. I'm all for talking about Turkey. I'm all for the deep discussions of which pie is better, pumpkin or pecan. I'm all for that. But there ought to be somebody who makes a point. So this known salvation, when I think about it, it's valuable. It's available. I've got to be faithful. There's nothing wrong with your family knowing if it's your time to host the holiday, what the topic of conversation is going to be. Because it's a choice. It's a choice. And we've got to be a faithful witness. This salvation. There's not this salvation and that salvation and another salvation. There's just this salvation. Because any other salvation isn't salvation at all. Because our salvation has got to come from the source who first of all must be satisfied. And second of all, has got to have the authority and the power and the capability of saving us. Oh, it's through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's through Him. Friend, let's be reminded of this known salvation. Let's not keep it a secret.
Let's not hide it under a rock. We'll have our family members during the holiday season, and sometimes we won't have them again. There's no doubt in the mind of a Christian what that goal of that, of that should be. Well, I want, I want, them to, I want to have the perfect gift. That, that's fine. But when that person stands before God, what they got or they didn't get at a Christmas won't even be a fainted memory. It won't be a memory at all. All that will matter is if they had been transformed, they had been saved, they had been salvaged by this salvation. Let's make a point to rejoice in our salvation. Be reminded. Get over your pity party, Christian. Saved, you're on your way to heaven. You say, well, you're just minimizing our problem. Friend, I've been through some burdens. I've carried some heartaches. I know what it's like to shed tears. And I can stand here today. I'm not depressed at all. I'm not discouraged at all. Matter of fact, I'm more excited than I've ever been to serve a loving God. I know I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven. And no matter what you do to me down here, you can't take that from me. You can't change that. You can't alter that. No doctor's report can change the fact that one day I'm going to have in a body without any blemish, a body without any sickness. Matter of fact, I'm going to be in the likeness of Jesus Christ himself. It doesn't get any better than that. Well, my roof's leaking. Friend, there's a heavenly mansion. There'll be no leaks because there'll be no rains. And God himself is preparing that place for us. No time to be discouraged. Are you because you are not willing to allow the salvation of God that has transformed you to flow out of you and overcome your difficulties, overcome your vices, overcome the, thing, the, 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 the burdens that you have to carry and carry them? How in the world are you going to witness to a loved one when you're having your spiritual pity party? Life is just, you're saved. Why, why, why do lost people have more optimism than saved people? Well, I got, I, got, I got to get that self-help book. Go get it and use it to start your fire in your fireplace. Because I've got the Word of God with promises. Get over your pity party, Christian. Guy, your depression. You're saved. You're on your way to heaven. Let's make this salvation known. I have one desire today, but in a much broader spectrum when we move, just to make this salvation known. Let's be faithful, a faithful witness. Father, I.